All right. Well, as has been our tradition over the past several weeks, we will read Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. These are God's words. These are the Ten Commandments. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, teach us today that we may live according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Our series is the Ten Commandments. We're talking about how God has given us his commandments to teach us how to love God and how to love others the way that God intended. We recognize and realize that the commandments don't just belong in the Old Testament, but as New Testament believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's relevancy to the Ten Commandments in our lives even today. But we find ourselves now in the middle of these Ten Commandments, looking at the Fifth Commandment. Uh, And the Fifth Commandment is a bit of a unique commandment. If we were to divide the commandments uh, in, in a particular order, we would recognize that the first four commandments speak to our relationship with God, and then the next six commandments speak to our relationship with people. These are the most important relationships in life, aren't they? Our relationship with God and then our relationships with one another. But what makes the fifth commandment unique is that it's a bridge that connects the first four that teach us how to relate to God in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. 
It's the bridge that connects how we now not just love God, but turn and love others as well. So that's a bit of what makes this commandment unique. And and, and notice where God begins to turn our attention, not away from him, but towards others. He begins with the most important relationship that we will have with people in this world, and that is the relationship we have with our parents. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This is the only of the Ten Commandments that really comes with a promised reward. Remember last week we talked about the Sabbath and how uh, that was a unique commandment in that it was in the positive form stating what we should do, not what we shouldn't do. This is the other one that tells us what we should do rather than what we should not do. And so this is the second and only other commandment besides the Sabbath that is stated positively. We'll discover within this commandment how honoring our parents through obedience, through respect, and through support is formative to, the health, to a healthy Christian life, but how formative this is to a healthy society a world where people can live in civility with one another, not just in the Christian community, but any society that adopts or or looks to the Ten Commandments as foundational to how they do life will benefit as a whole. And I've mentioned this numerous times. I'm not going to stop mentioning it because I think it's a reality that we're living with today. One of the disruptions that we find within society today that has caused a significant decay or decline in civility even towards one another is, I believe, the fact that we are removing the Ten Commandments from every space and place we can find them within public service, whether it be in buildings, schools, parks, communities. You remove the commandments and you set up for yourself a lawless society upon which chaos will be at best its result. And I think we're finding that to be a reality within our world today. So what does it mean to honor your parents? What does it actually mean to honor your parents? We're actually going to look at three different questions today. The last one by way of application, but what does it mean to honor our parents? Why is it important to honor our parents? And how can we actually honor our parents? And so those are kind of the three big questions that we're going to deal with today. And the first one being... What does it mean to honor your parents? Well, honor in this context uh, and in the Hebrew, it's a weighty word. So so I I want you to think of the heaviness of of the word. I'm going to explain this as best I can. 
But the Hebrew word kavad is, 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 is used here for honor, which actually means to be heavy, to be heavy. So, so to honor our parents, we can say it like this, is to treat them with a ton of respect. Do you hear the weightiness of that? We, we, we pour all the respect that we can into the bucket and we treat our parents with that. A ton of respect. We look to them with reverence, with honor, and with respect. The Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word used in the New Testament is tomeo, and, and, it, and it means to place a high value upon them. So not only do we look to our parents and show them a ton of respect, but we also are to look to our parents and highly, highly value them. The fifth commandment teaches us that God wants us not only to have reverence for our parents, but as we learn to show honor to our parents, we're actually learning how to honor God. The relationship between how we treat our parents and how we treat God overlaps and it goes hand in hand. God has chosen the family to be the place where we learn to submit to his authority in our lives and where we learn to obey the commands that are placed on our lives. Now, I'm certain of this, that no one will ever give honor or respect to those who deserve it without being taught. It's just not part of our nature. Our sin nature does not uh, teach us on our own to, to give honor and respect to those in our life. Another valid way we can identify or affirm this is to look into society. Why are so many people today disrespectful to others and to authority? Because the family structure, at least within the West, in America today, is so broken and disjointed that nobody's teaching our children the necessity of honoring one another, of respecting one another, and of submitting to authority. It shouldn't be a surprise to us. We're nearly living in a lawless society. We're not there yet, but that's the trajectory of things. So what is a solution? Honoring the commandments and bringing them back into our life. Reintroducing them to society again so that people can recognize and understand how valuable and important it is to live in such a way. But let's place responsibility where responsibility is due. Parents and grandparents, I need you to hear every word I say right now. It's your responsibility to teach your kids to love, to respect, and to honor others. It's not the church's job. It's not the school's job. It's not the government's job. It's not the neighbor's job. 
It's not the daycare's job. It is your job and my job to teach our children to honor and to respect people, especially parents and elders in society. And we must embrace this responsibility because when we don't, we not only fail as parents, but we don't teach our children how to live the way God intended them to live. I don't say that to shame you. I say that to call you up, to ask you to rise up, to to step up and to step in. And if you're doing this faithfully, don't quit. And if you failed at doing this, turn from your failure and step into it and give it everything you got. As long as you're breathing, it's not too late. You can still do this. Leviticus 19.3 says, Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. Where does this instruction come from? I am the Lord your God. It comes right from God. And that is God's call on our life to revere our parents. So why is it important to honor our parents? If we understand now what it means to honor our parents, well, why is it important to honor our parents? Well, it's, I'm going to give you just a few reasons. Of course, it's not exhaustive, but just track with me. The first one, I think, is that we could suggest it's, it's, the, it's your first relationship that will last a lifetime. So, so why is it important to honor your parents? Because it's the first relationship that will last you your lifetime. The fifth commandment isn't addressed just to little children who are to obey their parents as long as they're in the home. It's actually addressed and applied to adults too. So every one of us here today must understand that this commandment is for us. The parent-child relationship is a lifetime relationship. And as you know, because we're either parents or kids, even as adults, relationships are tricky to manage, aren't they? How many of you grew up in the perfect home and have the perfect family with the perfect children and the perfect relationships? Raise your hand. Exactly. Look it. I mean, those of you who did that, you violated another commandment. (laughs) Thou shall not lie. (laughs) But honestly, the relational reality of our relationship with God is important, but our relationship with others is important as well. And this is a relationship between a a, a child and a parent that will last forever, and God wants us to live it well. See, God's plan for us, even when we leave home, is to maintain healthy relationships with our parents. And we do that by honoring them. All right, so what's the second reason why? Because it's the pathway to a civil society. It's a pathway to civil society. The greatest asset that a a society has is actually the family. The greatest asset a society has is the family. God designed it to be that way. And God designed the family to be the training ground 
where a healthy society can be born and then maintained and sustained over a lifetime. But this doesn't always happen, does it? Listen to what Paul says to Timothy. He writes to a young pastor in the church about a coming time where society is going to have a break point and it's going to not look healthy. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty where people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. And, and Paul goes on and on and on and on. These difficult days that Paul is talking about will be reflected by the decay or decline within society, civil life. It will be a time where people turn from being mindful of the other to themselves, to where the focus of their life will be on only pleasing themselves. I don't know about you, but this is a pretty good description of the times that we're living in today. The way Paul says this is, these are the last times. There will come a day. What we recognize is that the Lord is going to return someday, and I believe it will be soon. The decay and decline of society will become so bad that if the Lord doesn't return, no one on earth could ever endure how bad it will be. But praise God that there's hope right now and that that hope is found in Jesus Christ. There's hope for our world and it comes through Christian living and, and introducing people of the world to the way that God wants us to live. This is the kingdom of God being brought to earth and lived out through the church and influencing the world around us. When we put the Ten Commandments into practice, we accomplish these things. Martin Luther once said, What is a city but a collection of houses where, if the father and mother rule badly and let children have their own way, then neither city nor town or village, district, kingdom, or empire can be well and perfectly governed. As the home goes, so goes the nation. Are we seeing the reality of the world that we live in today? And the need for the Christian to rise up and take responsibility for our lives and for our actions and for how we teach our children and how we as children honor our parents. The third reason why is that it teaches us how to submit to authority. We all know that boundaries are good for healthy relationships, don't we? And by design, God established a way for us to learn how to have healthy boundaries for good relationships. We learn this by submitting to authority. Rules, guidelines, laws, therefore are good. And when we submit to the authority over us, we recognize that there are boundaries for healthy relationships. 
We honor our parents when we submit to their authority. A child that doesn't honor and obey their parents will have no boundaries in their life. Their relationships will be difficult. And oftentimes the outcome of their life and the impact that it has on those around them will be chaos at best. A child that doesn't honor their parent, which is the closest relationship they'll ever have, will likely have problems honoring anybody in authority in their life because they haven't learned to do it where it was to begin with, and that is in the home. As we submit to our parents' authority, it teaches us to submit to God's authority. And ultimately, I believe this is why we see this commandment as a bridge. It teaches a child how to submit to their parents so they can submit to God, who is who? Our Heavenly Father. God has placed people of position in authority over our lives. Not for harm, but for our good. In Romans chapter 13, the Apostle Paul talks extensively about the need for us as believers to submit to those in authority over us, especially the governing authority, because those who have been placed in authority over our lives, from parents to pastors in the church to Uh, law enforcement officers to uh, government officials. God says, people who have been appointed in a position of authority over you have been positioned there as ministers of God. Whether they're a believer in God or not, God has placed people in position of authority as his minister for the good of the world. And he's placed them there to keep peace, civility, and healthy relationships intact within a society. And so as we look to those in authority over our lives, we must see them as God's ministers who have been given to us for our good. You might not always like the person. I get it. But the office is ours to respect, and we must do so. So by way of application, how do we honor our parents anyway? How do we honor our father and mother? Well, I'm going to give you three ways, and we're just going to unpack them because I think that they'll be helpful to just personalize this and see how we can do this in our everyday life. Well, the first one is that we, we do so by honoring in obedience. So honor by obedience. That's the first point. Ephesians chapter 6, this is maybe a little bit of a review because we just went through the book of Ephesians, right? But we come to how Paul has spoken to the church regarding this commandment. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, it says, Children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Notice who Paul is addressing this to. Children. 
So I think we should look at honoring our parents first from a child's perspective. Then we'll get to honoring our parents as an adult in that perspective. So, so hang with me here. Children, listen up. Parents, grandparents, this is good for you to be mindful of a child's need for obedience in the home. Obeying our parents, as it says right here in the text, is the right thing to do. Now, many of us parents, we can get so flustered and maybe frustrated in how we're leading our children when they keep coming back with the why, 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 that sometimes the only good reason we have is because I said so. (laughs) You ever said that? Like, that's the default. When my kids don't just do what I ask and they ask me 101 questions and I run out of reasons, I have two of them back there, and right? Because I said so. Sometimes I don't have a better reason. Just do it, and then we'll talk later. <laughs> but why should we obey God's commandment to honor our parents? I'm going to suggest, well, number one, it's the right thing to do. That's what the text says. But another good reason is because God said so. Because God said so. Now, that's not enough reason, I know, but we'll find other reasons why it's important. This commandment, by the way, as we think of it in light of children obeying their parents, which, by the way, is different than honor, but it includes honor. That's why I bring it up. The command to obey is for children still living at home. Once a child has moved out, they're no longer required to obey their parents, but we are to never stop honoring our parents throughout our lifetime. But I want to take just a moment and address those of you who are adults who have either never left the house or have moved back into the house. The question then is, because I am an adult, does it mean I still need to obey my parents? As long as you live under their household, the answer is yes, you do. They want rent, pay rent. They want you to do the dishes, do the dishes. They want you to help clean the house, clean the house. They want you to mow the yard, mow the yard. They want you to contribute to family life, then do that. If you want the type of independence you can and should have as an adult, then move out. If you can't afford to do that and your parents are gracious enough to leave you in, there's nothing wrong with that. But recognize how important it is to become an adult and yet still obey your parents in light of that situation and context. It's not a free-for-all. And for those of you who are living a free-for-all, parents, you know how frustrating that is. You can send me a thank you card later. You get the point, though. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Here's another reason that when we're children and we're living at home under the roof of our parents, we are to obey our parents. 
because it pleases God. And ultimately, isn't that how we want to live our lives? To the praise and glory of God, to, to, to please him in all that we do? So how far are we to take this command anyway of obeying our parents? Well, as far as the Lord instructs us by way of godliness in obedience to his word. So what that means is that if a parent unreasonably and irresponsibly asks their child to do something that is out of alignment with the word of God, that child, no matter what age they are, has the opportunity and the right, and I would even say the obligation, to not obey their parents. For a parent to ask a child to lie, cheat, or steal is absolutely wrong. When we belong to God, we do what he says. He says to obey our parents. But as long as that obedience leads to pleasure in the Lord in accordance with his word and the Lord's instruction in our life, we do that. But when it's outside of that, we apply the principle that comes from Acts 5.29. We must obey God rather than man. All right, so the second way we show honor to our uh, father and mother is that we honor with respect. So we honor by obedience. Now we honor with respect. We do this both as children under the home of our parents, as we are in submission to them and live obediently, but also as adults, we honor with respect by placing a ton of respect. We honor our parents through a ton of respect and a lot of value. A ton of respect and a lot of value as adults towards our parents. One of the greatest ways we can show honor to our parents as an adult is by valuing their words. I don't want anybody to raise their hand today, but how many of you as an adult who have adult children feel like your kids no longer value your wisdom? There's a progression of this, isn't there? As a dad who's raising five kids that are now six to 18, there's a season where mom and dad just don't know everything anymore. But then there's a time where all of a sudden, mom and dad, oh, they do know. But as we become young adults, maybe mom and dad don't know again. Yet one of the ways we honor and respect our parents is by valuing their wisdom that oftentimes comes through life experience that we ourselves have not been able to have yet in life. Proverbs 6, verses 20 through 23 says, My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck when you walk 
Their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction is a light. Their corrective discipline is a way of life. A parent's advice is intended to be for our good. And I trust that whatever age and stage you are, if you are a parent, that the advice you're giving is for the good of your children, no matter how old they are. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22, it says, Listen to your father who gave you life. and Don't despise your mother when she is old. We must remember, no matter how old we are, our parents have a wealth of wisdom that they can give to us. And whether or not we accept it and do just as they say or not, we honor with respect when we simply ask the question, we give them opportunity to speak to situations in life, and we evaluate putting into practice what they tell us, whether we apply it or not. Every mom and dad will feel valued if they have an opportunity to speak into a child's life. There's wisdom that comes with gray hair. Don't take offense to that. That's just reality. We aren't told to obey our parents when we leave home, but we are to honor them. See, this command extends beyond our earthly parents to those who are parent-like in our lives, seniors among us those who are ahead of us in the stages of life. This is why the older men and the older women in the church are to teach the younger men and the younger women in the church. Because you know what you're doing and you can help us along the way. Never stop giving your voice to those who are younger than you. And never stop asking for wisdom to those who are older than you. Proverbs 30, verse 17 says, The eye that mocks a father and despises a mother's instructions will be plucked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. <laughs> I recently heard of a story Two referees refing a basketball game. One referee had 31 years of experience. The other referee was a 19-year-old rookie. As they were refing the first half, it was clear that they weren't on the same page together. So at halftime, they got together and they tried to get themselves on the same page in calling the game. And the 19-year-old spoke up and said, since we're not on the same page, how about you just follow my lead? See, you all laugh and go, oh, I'm curious what the other two services are going to say. Yeah, there's more gray hair in this one than the other ones. I'm just going to say it. By the end of the game, it was just chaos. Because the older said to the younger, all right, take the lead. We'll see how it goes. It was chaos. If 
Finally, the older said to the younger, I'm going to tell the coaches any more mouthiness. They're going to get attacked and they're out. It calmed everything down. The game went well. To the youth's surprise, he came to the elder and said, wow, that really worked. Which I would conclude maybe next time you should follow his lead, right? All right, number three, how we honor our parents. We honor through support. Many of us are living in the sandwich generation, caring for kids and parents all at the same time. And it can be overwhelming. It can be inconvenient. It can be difficult. But at the end of the day, caring for our parents is our God-given responsibility. Paul writes to Timothy in chapter 5 of 1 Timothy, verse 4 and 8. He says, if a widow has children or grandchildren... Let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. I'll finish this thought because Paul has more to say. But at the end of the day, the context is Paul is writing to say, let's not make widows and orphans a burden to the church if they have family. Do you hear the qualifier? If they have family. For a widow and an orphan is never a burden to the church if they're truly a widow and an orphan without family. They're part of the family. But for those who have children and grandchildren, send them home to take care of them. Verse 8, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Those aren't my words. Those were Paul's words. Paul's words. Those are God's words. I've been so blessed to be able to care for my grandparents. Gwen and I have been able to together do that and also care for her parents, who are no longer living. Gwen has been a great example to me of what it means to to sacrifice and to care for her parents. And I know someday my parents will be there too, which will give us an opportunity to care for them. And that's a blessing. And we should see it that way. Jesus had a conflict with the Pharisees because of a lot of their made-up traditions. And there is this one called Corbin. I don't have time to unpack it. It's in Mark chapter 7. You can read it if you want. But basically what they could do is people could set aside their money to service for God so they could abandon their responsibility to care for their family and their parents. And Jesus simply called them out on it. And he said, you void the word of God by your tradition. And in doing so, you're not honoring the Lord. And you're not honoring your parents. Ways we can support our parents 
as they age. Might be financially. They might need our help. We can call them regularly. We can take them into our home if we need to. Visit them often. Help with their bill pay when it comes time. We can take them to the doctor. Or we can set up appointments and take them to appointments as well. Many of you are already doing this. Continue to do this. It's our responsibility. The reality is, for the first several years of our life, as we were dependent on our parents, they took care of us. Most took care. Well, for the last years of their lives, we're going to take care of them. Now, for those of you who have had a difficult upbringing and your relationship with your parents isn't great and they didn't care for you well, sorry. So where do you even begin? You begin with forgiveness. There's no better place to start to honor your parent who may have been absent in your life, neglected you or abused you, or who you never got to know. There's no better place to start to honor them now than that place of forgiveness. God has forgiven you, and your parents deserve your forgiveness. And they deserve honor for no other reason than because God said so. So I trust that we will embrace that and we will put it into practice. Lastly, as we care and support our parents, we establish a model for our kids, if we have kids, to follow for when we get old. We talk about and joke about this often in my house. We have five kids. We have options. When one gets sick of us, they send us to the other one. But at the end of the day, honoring our parents is something God's commanded us to do. When we obey the fifth commandment, it doesn't only enhance our Christian life, but it promotes a moral society that will be good for all. Let's pray. Father, thanks for the gift of life and your word. I pray that, Lord, we would embrace your word and that we would put it into practice regularly. Father, thank you for the love you give us and the life you have for us. Help us to be faithful in Christ's name. Amen.